Hey guys, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We've got a very special show. In this whole coronavirus situation going on, I'm actually recording Table for Two via Zoom with Avrami is in Israel, Ellie Rosenfeld is in Teaneck, New Jersey, and I'm right here in Woodmere. Welcome everyone for those who are tuning in to for the very first time on our very unusual situation. I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love shopping for food, cooking, eating at restaurants. All that has changed, hasn't it now? <laughs> um, I'm a personal chef. I've been cooking for Pesach for about three months already. I wrote two cookbooks, Perfect Flavors and Perfect Pesach. And this month, I've been guest editor on Fleischik's magazine with tons of new recipes. I hope you'll grab your copy. Um, so anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Anytime you make something and you have questions about food, especially this time of the, the year, you know, you can always reach out to me, Naomi, at nachamsegal.com. We have a special show today. As I mentioned, we're doing these special 30-minute Zoom recordings. So I feel like I can connect with all my listeners. It's been way too long. And my first guest that I'm having all the way, my first and only guest, because Ellie, you only need, when you have Ellie Rosenfeld on, there's no room for anyone else because he's just the master of entertainment. He's very funny. He's entertainment very now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and 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 he's just so much fun. The last show we had together, we could have just spoken for three hours. So I'd like to welcome back uh, Ellie Rosenfeld from Jacob Joseph Advertising. He works with his wife, Aviva. And they, well, Ellie's, where is Aviva? Aviva just went downstairs. Oh, okay. Work, you working up, up a storm. Yes, we are, we are working from home. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, our last, uh, our last show uh, pre-Hanukkah was, was, a, was a lot of fun. We were in studio. We had a great time. Um, let's hopefully we could uh, pull off another, another one like that. I have some stuff here in the house because I, I haven't been to the office in over in two weeks. So I couldn't pull together everything out of my uh, archives, but I've got some fun stuff to talk about. Okay, Ellie, let's just back it up a little bit to just catch me up a little bit about the Tinex situation. Now we're pre-recording this, you're hearing this, you know, like a week after we've, we've done this recording. So things are changing all the time, but how's it been up until now? Um, up until now, Tinex was actually, and Bergen County in general has, was the, the first, you know, from community to, uh, to really lock ourselves down. The VOD here is fantastic. We have one cohesive uh, VOD of all the former in the entire county. And they got together right after Purim and really realized, and they were, you know, spoke with the health department here. They spoke with the different doctors in, in the community um, and with municipalities and realized that the from world is interconnected and lives in ways that the rest of the world doesn't. We go to shul on a regular basis. Like three Kids times all go to the same school. And there are so many, you know, interconnections that something that is so communicable was really going to make a difference. Um, and they locked us down um, very quickly. So that first two weeks ago, that first Shabbos, where I think the five towns picked up on it and a few others. Yeah, the young Israel um, did not have shows. Very quickly, but it was really not in vogue. And when they first made their announcement, you know, everything changed over 24 hours. But when they first made that announcement, it was, uh, wow, how could they do that? What are they doing? Do they know what they're doing? Um, and then very, very quickly it became apparent that it was the, the smartest thing to do. And living in a community that, as I said, has a vibe that, can work together, that literally everybody from every shul 
is on one cohesive uh, Vat HaRabbanim is, is amazing. And this is when it shows that it's very powerful. You know, what, what I feel, and then we're going to switch this back into a little bit tied into the restaurant situation. Um, we all know that as of current of recording today, I don't even know what the date is. I know it's a Thursday. Everything's like it March. is a Thursday. It's the twenty sixth. Twenty sixth of March, and um, it's very. It's, it's like all the restaurants are shut. I don't know of any kosher restaurant that is open to serve a sit down. They're all doing takeout, which I think is a great way to save so many parnasa for so many people. But yeah, I happen to know of a restaurant down here that has in the five towns that has many different restaurants under their brand. Um, in the neighborhood and they they had to let go all their staff from three restaurants. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a it's a tough situation. It's going on here in Teaneck as well. I don't know specifically if people have let people go, but I can imagine that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, the restaurants are all trying to do takeout and keep as much business as they can. Uh, the community again, um, both the from world and even our township, Teaneck sent out an email with a list of all the restaurants in Teaneck, and that goes kosher and non-kosher because this came from the Teaneck uh, town. Uh, email list, giving a list of every single restaurant that was open and doing delivery and asking people to support their, you know, their local community. So people are trying to do that. Not every family either wants or can, you know, get delivery or takeout on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's expensive. It, I know it becomes very expensive. I see online a lot of people are out and about every day. There are people that eat in restaurants three times a day. I, I'm just wondering how to do that. I, I you know, I need to find that secret. Uh, first of all, I, there's not enough time in the gym to be able to let me eat out three times a day. But beyond that, <laughs> I've eaten out three times a day. That I've done it. <laughs> I could you could do it once in a while. There are people yeah, that go time. online, have live stories. I'm here for breakfast. I'm having. I'm like, really? You eat that for breakfast every day? Yeah. God. Well, that's why you look like that. <laughs> exactly. So you know, um, you know what? You know what? I think I don't know which neighborhood I saw this in or where I saw it posted. So forgive me. Maybe it was on Ilan Cornbloom's big group. I'm not sure where I saw it. Or yeah, that's kosher. I'm not sure. That go to your favorite restaurant and buy a gift certificate. Help yep. them stay afloat, and then you'll you'll eat there afterwards. You will eat there afterwards, and and somebody put I that up. Someone so did nice. remind you just to be a little bit careful that you know people could go out of business, unfortunately. But that is a great thing. You're you're in a sense if if you're in the position to give them a fifty dollar loan, you know that's an opportunity because that's what you're do, doing essentially when you give them a gift when you buy a gift certificate. Yeah. You're buying. Yeah. You're giving them fifty dollars now. Uh, it's you know the old uh, wimpy from Popeye. I'll gladly yeah, pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, but it's the flip side. I'll pay you today for a hamburger on Tuesday. Yeah, um, my husband talks. That's where credit cards got their idea from. <laughs> exactly. So um, it's a great it's opportunity to do when people can do it. Um, I think a lot of people are at the very same time, you know, hunkering down with their family and trying to get into a new normal. Uh, kids' right. school schedules are so different. Uh, so many schools are doing the best they can and so well. And it's still just so difficult. Um, it's so kids, hard. I, kids don't want to sit on Zoom all day. They just, it's, they sit in a chair. You and I were, you know, we're adults. I sit in an office, but even so you get up, you get out, you go to your, you go to your car, you go to a meeting. Kids in school are used to switching classes in the middle, going to lunch physically in a, in a cafeteria, going to the gym, sitting there is, is very difficult. It's, um, time will tell. I, I just was talking to, um, actually to a teacher uh, a little while ago before this. And I think come September, 
K to 12, and I, I really mean that, every single grade along the way is going to really need to really have four to six weeks of catch-up for certain categories and mm-hmm. certain um, and certain disciplines when it comes math, science, things that build on each other. You know, it's going to be important to make sure that the kids have those skills when moving forward. Uh, the the lingering effects of this from a soci- you know, from a psychological, educational, economical, medical, um, you know, there we, you know, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. You know, I, I, um, I, I made a joke to my husband because we're like on this crazy schedule, right? Like he's a minion guy. He, we go to shul. We're big shul goers in my family. I go to shul, <laughs> yep. a daven, like it's something I, I, I daven every morning myself. It's just, my kids are bigger. It's a lot easier for me. Um, and I make sure I daven. My husband davens every day. But, but I think it's going to be really hard to get men back into shul. We, the, we don't have to, the men don't have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Well, it, it, it's re, yeah, correct. You don't have to, you don't have to wake up. To, if, if you're, davening is, is when you want to do it if you're at home. And even if people are working full time, unless, uh, you know, unless they have very specific things at 8.39 in the morning, there's no commuting. Right. There's no, you know, it, it saves an hour commute. It means you can sleep an hour later. Correct. There's a lot. Um, I I would my commute's only five minutes, but I'd like to get out of my house. <laughs> mine's mine's uh, ten seconds. I go from my kitchen to your other kitchen. My kitchen downstairs. Correct. If it takes me ten seconds, it means I'm walking slowly. Slowly, yes. But I, um, but even so, I think everybody loves to work. You know what it is? I I made this analogy. People say, "Oh, I like working at home," and there are people you like. You know, you're in the office one day, you take a day, you work from your house. It's vastly different, of course, when your entire family is there versus them being in school or they're also being Mommy, at work. I'm and it's hungry. like, yeah, exactly. And then how about this? It's even, I, my analogy was to a fast day. There are people that fast well. How much do you really eat before noon on any day? Yeah, 10.30 on a tonus. Every, oh, I'm hungry. No, it's not that you're hungry. It's that you, you know you can't have. So it's the same thing with being stuck in a quarantine or voluntary you know, social distancing. You're you know that you can't leave or you shouldn't leave. And that makes it more difficult than, than the ability to say, okay, I'll work from home because it's relaxing. That relaxingness wears off very quickly when you're stuck. It's, yeah. I feel like it's like an extended snow day without the snow. Yes, that's, right? that's like, exactly right. Right, there's, there's no snow outside to play in. My neighbors all come over and used to play in the snow, but yep. I'm not There's nothing to shovel, play. you know. It's no, yeah, there's my no kids hot chocolate. Play with neighbors, I've got a... I have a 12 year old girl on my block. We've got about six 12 year old girls. We could have our, everyone's in different schools. Everyone's friends. And um, it's really, it's really boring. It's yeah, no, there's no question. Somebody just dropped off a paint kit. D- a different paint, I think. I'm going to try to, if you follow me on Instagram, guys, I'm going to post it later. But someone just dropped off a paint kit. And yeah. there are um, Zumba classes online and cooking classes but it, online. But even those are great. They're fun. But at some point. The fun of doing a cooking class is yes, the food, the cooking, the learning, but it's standing next to the person with you and you know, making fun of how they chopped or them showing you what to do. It's just not no, the same. No, and, and it's a it's a change. But uh, yeah. hopefully in a week or two. Let's talk pace off. Okay, what have you got for us? Manischewitz. Well, we're gonna start, we're going to start with Manashevitz, and okay, we're gonna can start I just with say, Yes, please. All the Mrs. Maisel fans, you better yep. listen up. Turn up the volume, people. Look at this. You got so, it? 
Of course I've got it. What do you think? But so I ate start, my whole can. You ate your whole can. This <laughs> can has been opened. We did eat them. Um, so this is our pride and joy of the year. Um, you've been working on this with Siata Dishmaya, like everything else in life. Um, but our launch is not exactly what we had hoped. How about that? Uh, we were supposed to officially launch this last Monday. It was supposed to be a big PR event, all of which, of course, were canceled. It was supposed to be like a, a yeah, a big event. Life goes on. Can we still um, do it? <laughs> After well, Pesach will be over, but we're, we're hoping. Everybody should go online and order these. They're available on Amazon. It is very interesting. Again, I couldn't get to the office to get the original, but these are actually, first of all, start this way. They're metal. These are metal tins like macaroons used to be sold in in the 1950s and 60s. Uh, so that's number one. The design, which of course has, you know, midge. And if you look on the back, it's got the whole family at their Seder scene. The top has their little, you know, Seder scene as well. Um, all custom drawn specifically for this project. And at the same time, the design here has elements that look like a 1960 Manischewitz uh, can, which is why the logo here is reminiscent from 1960 versus, you know, the current logo, which, you know, matches up over here. It's a collector's piece. It's something, and we have this great copy on here. Celebrate with the Maisels. When Passover comes around, Mrs. Maisel replaces her black and white cookies with Manischewitz coconut macaroons. Mitch loves the soft, chewy bite of this marvelous holiday treat. Whether she's at home or out on tour, when it's time for dessert, Mrs. Maisel reaches for the best, Manischewitz coconut macaroons. The real idea was to, to make this, because this is something, and there's actually, we found a clip, I think from season one, where she bites into a macaroon. I don't have the clip. Ah. Um, but these are just so great. Anyone that knows the show, loves the show, or likes to look back, and we're going to go through some stuff that I did pull out and I, I did have I here love, in the house that goes back to Pesach from the past. Jewish memorabilia advertising, marketing. Of well, we have a whole bunch of that, so I'll go over that. And this I'll show also, because we're very proud of this work also. I'll pull okay, over that. So this was supposed to be the point of sale to go in the stores. So if you went to a, a shop right, you went to a gourmet glot, this would have been hanging off the shelf when you walk down the aisle. So now let's describe it. because It's 17 inches. It's tough to see it. Oh, they're lynching audio. It's, it's what you call a shelf, um, an aisle violator. It's oh, 17 inches, really? foot and a half tall. Yes, when it sticks out, an aisle violator. There you go, everyone. Did you learn something? Learn something to new that. today. It would hang off the shelf like this if this was a supermarket. When you're walking down the aisle, you'd see Mrs. Maisel holding out those cool little macaroon pieces. You take a look up there. It's die cut out, and it's got all the logos down there. The, the folks over at uh, Amazon were amazing to work with, and they're two-sided. It's the same thing. These are currently sitting in my garage because... Well, they didn't get to stores because of that. But this is a our pride and joy of the year is this project that we did with Manischewitz. Longtime clients of ours. We're, we're always thrilled to do great new work with them. And uh, that's where we got. Let's see some nostalgia. I'll, let me give you two other things of nostalgia that fit into this for Manischewitz, and then we'll go to some other stuff. How about that? Okay, sounds amazing. Um, I'll give you and I want to talk also about new products. We've got to save Ellie. Yep. Of the new products that are out there as well for Manischewitz. Yep, no problem. So we'll go to some new products. I don't have them here, but um, oh, I can probably find, we can talk and, about them. But I'll yeah. talk about something interesting because Manischewitz is a or, or Breakstone is a relevant. Don't, I'm sorry. Don't forget Breakstone. We got to talk. Oh, about. we'll talk. We always have to talk about butter because <laughs> um, everything is better with butter. You know it. Everything is better with butter. But Manischewitz is a great brand around the year, but it it is something that evokes at 
at a holiday, at yeah. a Chag, at Pesach, what it is of the past. So this Maisel thing does exactly that. For older people, they might remember if they're old enough to remember tins from the 60s. But even if not, it's, it's not, you're not trying to be retro. They're authentic because of that. So what we did a bunch of years ago for them also is very interesting. This is something that was available very also limited edition. It's wood. Ah. This is a wooden matzo box. Ah, oh, so it was like a tea box. <laughs> well, it's it's this we sold these for for one season as a specialty. This is a mock this is not a mock up. This is a a replica of wooden matzo boxes that were sold like 1900. <gasps> and notice we completely mock, you know, created this had these made a bunch of years ago. They were for sale, as I said, for about, uh, one or two Passover seasons. And you even look at this in Yiddish. I know this comes in a little backwards. Manashevitz's apostrophe Samach. Who loves that? That's great. Matzahs. Okay. And it was Manashevitz's matzahs. And this was really, if you go and Google, you'll find this was like one of the original designs of Rav Dov Bear's um, matzahs. Who, by the way, his dirt was Rav Dov Bear Manashevitz was founded by Ravdov Bear Manashevitz okay. in Cincinnati in 1888. And Ravdov Bear started baking matzahs in Cincinnati for the community and turned it into a, a worldwide business. And um, his great know, stuff. Manashevitz is such a, like, uh, as you know, I travel a lot and I go to supermarkets wherever I go. You always find a Manashevitz product on the shelves wherever you are. And they'll talk about when I, even though I've done TV stints and I've needed cooking wine yep. um, for the segment and I can't even eat the food. Because oh, not you want cooking wine? You see, like, if you get thirsty when you're at Corona and you're stuck at home, <laughs> this is what have, you drink. Right, they go, look, Naomi, we bought you Manischewitz kosher is this, wine. Is this, like, would this be a big enough bottle for you? Not right now. It's not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that is awesome. What is that? It's an inflatable that you would use in a store yeah it's soft that you would oh, use in a store to hang over the this is also from probably the 70s and the 80s guys it's okay for those who are you who are listening let, let me just do a recap ellie just put out a giant three foot yep three foot up, very good three foot see th three foot blow up bottle of um of um yeah we'll take a screenshot of that in a minute <laughs> and probably get some <laughs> screenshots um of um of Manischewitz uh, bottle for uh, from the stores, and also that wooden that wooden matzah box with that the class. Yep. Close it is is um. Well, this is also take a look box. at this. So Manischewitz's history, and then we'll go, we'll go on to a couple other clients and projects in a minute. Um, take a look at this. That building is the third, but what we everybody refers to as the original. Manischewitz Bakery in Cincinnati, Ohio. It takes up a full square city block. The building still exists. It's still there. I was there a number of years ago. Um, cool. I have some pictures. And it, it's still a red brick building. There's no real anything reminiscent. I walked around trying to see if there were like little scrapings from a mezuzah on the doorposts. I couldn't find anything, but I was there. I also, interestingly enough, right from there, I had a few minutes before a meeting and I Googled this. This is because I'm a little bit of an oddball. I said, you know, <laughs> Rabbi Manischewitz is from Cincinnati, so he probably ended in Cincinnati. And he and Rebetzin Manischewitz are buried 12 minutes away from where that is. So I ran to the cemetery, and I, I have pictures of, you know, the Kvarim of Rabbi and, and uh, Nessa Manischewitz. His yurtzeit was actually just two weeks ago, Yud Aleph Ador. Uh, must have been a very tough year that year, literally six weeks before Pesach, the uh, 
matriarch of the family and the head of the business uh, died. Uh, but his sons oh. took it over, of course, and laughed, you know, for years. Uh, how, but how old was he? He was young. If I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think he might have been in his 50s. He was not very old. 60s, not maybe. All. Not at all. Um, but uh, he was a very, very interesting man. He was a very big Zionist. Uh, if you notice, actually, very interestingly enough, I don't know if it's on this. Hold on a second. Well, you can't see it on that picture, but some images of that building from the 1930s have what is now known as the Israeli flag, but was then known as the Zionist flag. He was a huge religious right. Zionist, and he gave money to pre-state pre Israel. He funded the Manashevitz Yeshiva uh, in, I think, outside Jerusalem, if I'm correct. Um, there's still going? Yeah, big, no, not at all. But um, there's actually great stories where the Manashevitz matzah is currently baked in Israel is property, you're, you're not gonna believe this, and then we move on from Manashevitz, that Rabbi Manashevitz had put a deposit on because he had wanted to actually bake matzah in Israel. And that became decades upon decades later, a completely separate business, which ended up turning into a matzah bakery. And that ah. is today where Manashevitz has their matzah bake. Okay, so let's talk about other, other products. Okay, what have we got? So let's talk about uh, some new products from Manashevitz, but I don't actually have them here Again, I haven't been in the office in uh, uh, two weeks, so two I haven't weeks. been able to it's pull stuff out. It's been so crazy. It's been uh, so crazy. But Manischewitz came out with some great items this year. First of all, Manischewitz has been innovative really since the beginning. Rabbi Manischewitz created the concept, not of machine matzah, because we know that goes back to the 1840s, 1850s in Europe and all of the halach discussions around it. But he created the innovation of mass production of it. And then they turned it into other innovations. Today, they innovate in other ways. Macaroons, which we love straight up old coconut style and almond flavored macaroons, but they for years now, there are currently 19 flavors of macaroons from Manischewitz. This year came out with two, uh, cold brew um, macaroons, cold brew coffee yeah, and a cold in. brew tea. Very, very in. It's a brand that when you think about, you think about Pesach, but then you go, wait a minute. They're the ones that innovated with Pesach cake mixes. And you think about how, do, you know, I know some people don't brock and I know some people don't buy everything for Pesach, but for those that do, I am assuming everybody knows Manischewitz's um, coffee cake mix for Pesach. Sure, everybody, right. It, it, they're unreal. You bite into it. It's one of those things you're like, wow, this is just, this is just too good. Uh, they're right. simple so to make. You can't make a cake that good. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's no as problem. long as. There's no shame in that or Duncan Hines. It's no, okay. there is no shame in that or Duncan Hines. And it really is the Duncan Hines of Pesach. And at yeah, the same I time, they're also amazing because they're easy. you don't need a mixer. You mix it by hand in a bowl. You can make them on Chag itself. This year, we have a three-day yuntif. You're not sure what you're going to need for Shabbos. Friday afternoon, give your three kids each a box of, of, of mix. You're done. Give them a bowl. And they shove them in the oven. Exactly. Give them chips. Exactly <laughs> right. You can make them your own. Yes, you're right. Like you can, you, chocolate chips, coconut flakes. Um, yep. Whatever kosher the Pesach. You know, there is. exactly right. So I they have that. I haven't been to the store yet, so I don't know what's out there. So there, there is stuff that's out there. They also came out this year with um, with sweet potato chips, which are great. Oh my God. So there were... Yes, I actually got one in a kosher.com box. Yep. Delicious. And I, I, I couldn't wait for Pesach, so I just threw it in my steak salad last Shabbos. Yeah, no, there's there's some great stuff Absolutely out there for fine. Pesach. So uh, Manischewitz, that's that's where they're at. Um, we could talk a bit about butter. Um, we do a project, um, you know, a couple times a year with our friends at Breakstones Butter. And Breakstones Butter, as Naomi knows, and we'll have uh, 
doing a piece next week, I think, for us where everything yes, is better yes. with butter. You have to remember uh, I, that. Yep. I'm a big butter fan. I just like, I don't talk about it probably so much on the on the radio show, but anyone who knows um, me and cooking and I love dairy desserts. I don't really love pyro desserts. I don't like, I, 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 in two books that I wrote, not one recipe calls for margarine. Um, I use an oil substitute, uh, like to use canola oil instead of, say, margarine. But with butter, I'm all about the butter. Butter all the time. Butter makes it better. It, it, it's, there's no question that butter makes it better. And there's, you know. Non-Jewish chefs don't even understand why you wouldn't use Why butter. we wouldn't use butter. That's the difference is that we all like fall into a routine. <laughs> there is an issue. You want to bake something and you want to make sure that it's for everybody. And again, you could right. do it at every meal. But when you're baking or even cooking, you know how many people don't use butter when they do fish and they're ser- it's being served immediately and they're serving it in a oh, milk-like meal? Just there's an opportunity there. So our friends at Breakstones, and they're also very interesting. Breakstones is one of those brands that is relatively national. Um, at Pesach, believe it or not, they're more national. Places that don't get Breakstones butter throughout the year, they bring it in. Why? Because they're one of the few butters that do Pesach. We live here in Metro New York, so you can get, you know, the general market butters. You can, of course, get Chavisrael brands. But if you live in Cincinnati, and I kid you not, you live in Columbus, you live in Chicago, it's not always easy to get. I just went to three uh, three C's, but LA is the same thing as well. You live in Florida, not always do the the supermarket brands. Yeah, I never understood that about Ohio. They've got Cleveland, they've got Columbus, they've got Canton. Were they worried that they wouldn't get to the end of the alphabet? They have Dayton. Dayton. Okay. I was in all of them, except Cincinnati. I was supposed to go there at the end of May for a book tour on Jewish Book Council, and that got canceled. If you end up there, give me, I'll give you the information of where to go find the Manischewitz building. I want to go do that. And I was, you know, Cincinnati and Kentucky are next to each other. Yep. The airport's gone. actually in Kentucky. I w- yeah, I heard that. I wanted to do the bourbon trail. I had that. I was working on that when this came down. So so that that is fun. Columbus is a great, I know you were just in Columbus. Columbus is a great town. Yeah. So, okay, let's keep going here. So another one of our projects, of course, and this is a great time and this goes back into, this is an old ad. I happen to have it at home again for Philadelphia cream cheese. Philly cream cheese is great for Pesach because you can make cheesecake. cheesecake. People only make cheesecake, only make cheesecake for Shavuot and I don't know why. Now we have it, cheesecake is fantastic all year. We have it for breakfast. I make cheesecakes, like four cheesecakes. Yep. In an eight by eight pan for Pesach every what, day. What do you use, what do you do what do you do for uh, for the uh, crust? Okay, so I'll take some lady fingers or and no, I crush no, it down no, and no, I no, wait no, no. and and I mix it with melted breakstone butter. Okay. And I make a nice crust. No, no, no. It's easier than that. Although I'm not against putting breakstone butter in there. Macaroons. What's easier? Just ah, let me crush. Just it down. Ma- that's it. Get out! Crush, okay. Crush, this calls for this. We actually did this with Philly years ago when they were working on cheesecake development. You know, they always have recipes. This ad goes back, I got to tell you, what year is on this thing? 1997. I have weird stuff in my house. I have more in the, ha- in, the in the office. But this calls for two cups of macaroon crumbs. They basically tell you to take macaroons, crush them up, put them at the bottom of your pan, and you're all you're good right, to go. It says that, mix yeah. the crumbs and the butter. It tells you to mix butter, not to worry. There, there you, you go. Got, butter. Butter is better. There you got butter is better. What else do I have here? I, as I said, I don't have too much else right. that the, I had in the house, unfortunately. Can we just talk about the rise of the Pesach ingredients? I've been doing my catering business. I've been making Pesach catering business sixteen years. Been married and making Pesach for twenty six years. Um, 
there is nothing like the growth of the kosher Pesach ingredients. Kosher Pesach ingredients. I think that's true. And that goes beyond, that I see as going beyond brands. It's that people are wanting and letting themselves, it's three things, wanting and letting themselves experiment at Pesach. So their ingredients, you're exactly right. You know, you used to read ingredients, you'd buy something for Pesach and it would say tapioca flour in it. And that was available industrially and they would use it to make products that you would buy. All of a sudden, tapioca flour is the biggest thing you can get your hands on. Right. And by the way, the recipes that come out of that, out of that tapioca flour is amazing. You come down to food coloring. These were things that you never were able to buy as a consumer at the shelf. They were made commercially because bakeries, you know, we all grew up on, on uh, rainbow cookies, of course, at Pesach, right? You couldn't buy but that to make Australia, your own rainbow yeah. cookies. We didn't, didn't have that in Australia. Oh, uh, no, rainbow cookies were big. We also, yeah. But now they make them available for, for everybody. They put it in consumer bottles and you could buy everything. It's unbelievable. There is really very limited. It's funny. You started out saying, let's talk about new items for Pesach. About five, seven years ago, I got a call from a reporter from a general market newspaper, you know, writing their story on Pesach, sort of like this, but uh, for a written piece. And they said, well, what's new for Pesach? I said, nothing. I said, what do you mean nothing? I said, Pesach is done. She's like, what do you mean done? I said, they sell bread for Passover. Oh, yeah. You could go and buy Passover bread, frozen rolls. I said, we're finished. You might have a big brand. Coca-Cola does this. And we do work in Tropicana. And they, you know, they make a Passover run. So you could talk about how big brands do this. But when they're selling you frozen rolls for Passover, we're finished. Everything right. else it's, is, is it's, done. I know. It's amazing. And Keiko, Geffen, um, Tuscanini, so much stuff. And the stuff is a Kosher Pesach, Tuscany, all those tomato brands, the crushed yep. tomato, the t- t- tomato paste. It's kosher Pesach all year. So that's how Correct. I can get my cooking done so early because most of the brands have got to pee on it in any case. Exactly and right. Really you know, quality. And that's true also because we, of course, do work for Empire. And we're going to wrap up here in just two minutes. But, you know, those are things that also make yes, life easier. Are. That, like that you know, your, chi- your, your chicken that you buy in April for Pesach is the same chicken you're buying in February. It's all kosher Pesach year round. And right. it allows people to know that they can pick things up in advance. Uh, obviously they should be able to pick up fresh stuff uh, right before the Chag if they want. But at the same time, it makes, it makes every single cut of meat of chicken of anything that you want is available, as you said, as ingredients, every spice, not one or two spices. You walk up and Pereg's got you know, spices up it's the wazoo under, and know, Liebers and, make- and everybody. It's- and but Peric's now making like zatar, mm-hmm. which traditionally has sesame seeds. Sesame, in it. which is kidney oak. So right, but now they make a batch without. So exactly. it's amazing. I have a recipe in my cookbook, perfect for Pesach, for hummus for quinoa yep. hummus. So it's really, it's really, it's really come a long way. I I hope that people are getting out there. There are great cookbooks, including my own, uh, Susie Fishbine. Always buy the- Naomi's cookbook <laughs> and Facebook. The Facebook groups, uh, WhatsApp groups, just people are in this together and they're really like helping out and 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 especially if you're making Pesach for the first time, you know you can always reach me guys, Naomi at nachamsegel.com or on Instagram, um, Facebook message me. I'm really happy to help everybody out with questions and, and just being there for everyone because we're literally all in this together. Planet Earth, we're staying at home for Pesach. It's Hashem 
Has Jim, I, I've he's been making Pesach at home for many years. It's actually not as scary as people think. Take one meal I, at a time. Don't overdo it if that's not what you're about. I'm telling you, I could tell you, we don't have time to wrap it up. I could give you a Pesach menu for the first three days that will take someone no more than a few hours to prep. It's okay, really- put it, put it on your, put it on your um, Instagram. I'll put it on my Instagram. All we'll of a sudden, I'm going to be the chef. I'll tag you. There you go. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for joining me, Ellie, right here on Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I hope you all enjoyed the show. We've got music sponsored by our friends at, uh, music sponsored by, sponsored by Kenan, right up until Lichbenching. I have not said that in a while. Couple of days left to Pesach. I just want to wish everyone a Chag Sameach, a Shabbat Shalom, and we should just be safe and well and happy cooking, everyone. <laughs>